0: Hey guys, before we get into today's class, I've got some fun news to share with you. You know I love all things meditation, and I especially value being in community with other meditators. So with that in mind, I'm trying something new this year. I am creating a community for those of us that want to be in discussion and relationship with other meditators and equally don't want to be on social media. You can think of the Meditate with Merrill virtual space as a Facebook group without the Facebook. I'll be posting recordings, questions, and insights, and I would love for you to join and share your own insights, questions, and comments about your practice and your life as a meditator. You can join, it's free by the way, via the link in the show notes. Here are a few things that will make our community special. We've got polls, prompts, posts, and questions that can bring more people into conversation in a space that is all our own. There are 40,000 of you listening to this podcast every month from all over the world. This is our spot to connect. You'll be able to see other members that are nearby, and we'll be able to keep the conversation going after your favorite podcast episodes. In other words, We've chosen a spot designed to grow with us over time. I'm inviting you to join me here, and I hope to see you soon. I also want to take this time just to say thank you to my sponsor, Baron Fig. Baron Fig makes the most incredible guided journals, and they are so kind to support my work. I use their Bloom Meditation Journal to track my own daily practice, and I can't recommend it enough. It's beautiful well-organized, and so easy to use. If you are wanting to kickstart or refresh your journaling habits, be sure to visit barrenfig.com and check out all of their journal options. Okay, let's get into today's talk and practice. Well, welcome and happy Monday as usual. Glad to be here with you guys and glad to start this new series I have three series that I have been like mapping out over the last couple weeks. And I wasn't totally sure which one I was gonna do, but our talk last week about Encanto, I couldn't let it go. And so we're we're gonna stay in this vein for a little bit. Because you know, one of the things that I spend a lot of time thinking about is how our meditation practice, how these teachings show up against the moment of time that we live in and our lived experience of this moment in time. Because the truth of the matter is, you know, I'm going I think on year 12 of a regular meditation practice and I still have a really hard time with the state of the world. It still upsets me. It still makes me cry. And that's not to say that I don't think meditation helps. I do tremendously. I also actually believe that, for lack of a better phrase, I'm going to call it the more advanced practitioner might not struggle as much, potentially. And also, here we are, living our lives. And you know, to those of you that I'm talking to, I'm guessing, at least in this moment, none of us are going to go spend the next decade meditating in a cave in the Himalaya Mountains. We're gonna continue to do what we are doing, raising our families and working our jobs and loving the people in our lives and our communities and our environment to the best of our ability. And we continue to butt up against struggle, injustice, things that feel cruel or unfair or terrifying. And, you know, so we were talking about Encanto last week and we got off, I was thinking about Hamilton, right? Because of Lin-Manuel Miranda. And the first time I saw Hamilton was thanks to Disney+. Plus. They put it on our TV's early pandemic. Y'all remember? And I was like, oh my God, amazing. I actually get to watch this. And so we sat down and we watched Hamilton. And I remember that one of the clearest thoughts I had from I'm guessing it was March 2020 was, oh right, (laughs) this is not the only hard moment in the history of time. And I know that's a silly statement to make, like if we stop and think about it, of course we know that as a fact. And also for most of us, we walk around in our lived experience viewing the world through the lens of me, this is my experience, And of course, if it's a difficult one or a painful one or a scary one, it feels like the worst of all time. You know, anybody who has little kids, you know, they have like something go wrong and it's the worst day ever, right? My son loves to tell me that I must hear it every single day. This is the worst day ever because it was time to turn the iPad off. I don't know, right? And out of the mouths of babes, I know I do the same thing. I might not vocalize it, but in my brain, I'm like, worst day ever. This is awful, right? This moment in time is the worst. We're so divided. There's such a terrifying level of extremism and there's no way that we'll ever like find some reason and move forward. It just feels awful. And watching Hamilton that day in 2020, I remember just having this moment of like, right. History. Like we just keep living in these cycles of tough times and okay times and tougher times and okay times. And we keep butting up against this, you know, seeming battle between right and wrong or good or evil or okay and not okay. I'm reading Harry Potter with my son. We're on book five. And all along the course of these five books, you know, we're continually introduced to these deeper layers of this relationship between Harry Potter, the quote unquote good guy, and Voldemort, the bad guy. And it starts at the very beginning with this battle when Harry's just a tiny little baby. And then Harry's old enough to go to school and the wand that picks him shares the same core as Voldemort's wand, right? And now we're in book five and in book five, they're discovering that Harry and Voldemort have like an internal brain connection. They can access each other's thoughts and feelings, this good and this evil. And as I'm thinking about that I'm thinking oh well you know so interesting because in all of these ancient buddhist texts there's teachings around the 10,000 joys and the 10,000 sorrows and the way the winds blow change every second and every second that it changes our experience changes and then so interestingly i also happen to be reading this ancient jewish mystical text And it's the exact same teachings in there, the exact same teachings. This time it's talking about delight and sorrow, merit and guilt, made of the same two letters, just combined differently. Over and over again, we're seeing that it's not good is over on one side and bad is all the way over here on the other side made of totally different substances and totally unrelated. And instead, I think we're being invited to pay attention to the ways they're deeply related, the ways maybe one exists because of the other, the way it's the same elements over and over again. I'll even use one more Harry Potter example in the beginning. You know, he puts on the sorting hat to figure out what school he's going to be in, what house he's going to be in. And the sorting hat is talking to him and the sorting hat is saying, oh, well, you could do amazing things in Slytherin, which is the, you know, the bad school house. And Harry's like, no, no, I really want to be in Gryffindor, which is the courageous one. And the hat puts him in Gryffindor. It doesn't say, the hat doesn't say, well, you have to be different. The hat doesn't say you have to change, you should be made of something different to be in this house. It's the same Harry, right? He could be in either house and do amazing things in either house. It's simply that particular arrangement of elements in the moment is Gryffindor and not Slytherin. And so what I wanna do in this series over the next two sessions is I want to look at each of the teachings I just referenced. I want to look at some of the ancient Buddhist teachings. I want to look at some some of the ancient Jewish teachings so that we start to see the similarities that run through teachings from everything from a Buddhist text from, I think, 3,000 years ago to Harry Potter and Hamilton, right? Like we were spanning genres and decades and cultures because I think the message is the same. And it's not to say, I wanna be really clear that I am not creating space to sweep under the rug injustice at all. That's not what the teachings ask us to do, and that is definitely not what I am going to ask us to do, right? I absolutely believe that our practice holds space for us to stand up and fight for what we believe in. I also think our practice asks of us to find a way to be in this moment that is safe and healthy for us as individuals. Because if we're walking around in a rage all the time, or drowning in fear all the time, well, we're not really able to engage in any way that's effective. We're just home and miserable. And so we're going to look at the practice and we're going to look at through the lens of good and evil or right and wrong, right and left, whatever you want to call the sides. And we're going to look at the ways that we engage with them in our day-to-day lives it'll be an interesting practice to start us with before we dive into some of these ancient teachings i thought we would maybe take a minute to create some balance for ourselves so that's where we're going to start tonight and i'm actually going to share a bit of a meditation that i wrote for roots the meditation app used to be shoreline now it's roots And I just recently released this meditation called The Edge of the Universe. And I wrote it based on my experience going to the top of a dormant volcano in Maui. And the top of this volcano is about 10,000 feet above sea level. And when we reached the top, we had actually climbed through the clouds So that now as we're looking out, we're looking down on the top of the clouds. We are above the clouds. And above us is an endless expanse of sky. And here we were with our feet on the earth. And yet somehow feeling entirely closer to the cosmos, to space, than we were to the earth itself. And it felt like such a moment of holding both the minutiae and the mundane of standing on a gravelly ground that was sort of mud-colored and looked like a desert. And the vastness of the universe wrapped around us all in this same breath. And it reminded me of The Overview Effect, which I know some of you've heard me read before, but I'm gonna read it again because I think it's a good one. The Overview Effect is a cognitive shift in awareness reported by some astronauts during spaceflight, often while viewing Earth from outer space. It's the experience of seeing firsthand the reality of Earth and space, which is immediately understood to be a tiny, fragile ball of life hanging in the void. From space, national boundaries vanish. The conflicts that divide people become less important. And so tonight we will practice balancing on that edge, one foot solidly in our lives and in the world and in this moment, and one foot remembering our place in the cosmos and the expansiveness that surrounds us. We'll start here. And next week we will move into the eight worldly winds as they are taught through the lens of Buddhist text. Yeah? So let's start our meditation practice. Go ahead and wiggle around a little bit. Women seated chatting for a minute. So you will just shift around, make sure everything feels good. Your legs feel steady, your spine feels supported. Hands can rest down onto your lap as you feel ready. And if you like, you can let your eyes close. Together as a group, we'll take a nice deep breath in. Opening up your mouth, release a sigh. And we'll just do that again, inhaling deeply, filling yourself up. And as you exhale, let it go. And allowing your breath just to flow. And calling yourself into the moment and into the practice my silently stating to yourself, now is my time to meditate. Now is my time to meditate. And as you say those words to yourself, I want you to imagine internally that you were lying back in a hammock. And so you might just feel a subtle settling of your weight back just a bit. And letting go of the hips and the thighs. Inviting your spine to lift up and lengthen just a bit. And perhaps the shoulders roll back and down. The back of the neck lengthens. And the crown of the head lifts. And as we breathe, we allow the forehead to smooth out and broaden. Letting go of the skin around the eye. And the hinge of the jaw. If you can, you invite in a sense of letting go through the inner cheeks and the tongue. Mm -hmm. You feel breath move out across your collarbones. Feeling your arms, your hands rest heavy and relaxed. The chest rises and falls, the belly expands and contracts. There's nothing here for you to force. There's nothing you need to fix or change. Instead, you get to just simply be here. Seated and breathing. And as we start to feel our breath just smoothing out a bit, just enjoying the flow of breath in and the flow of breath out. Perhaps you take a moment to feel that beneath you is the earth, whether that's a cushion, a chair or the ground itself, you are seated on the earth. And all around you is space. Both of these things exist simultaneously. You seated on the earth. You surrounded and wrapped in the space of the universe. As you continue to feel yourself breathe here. start to direct your awareness in and up towards the blank screen behind your forehead. As if internally you could look up and see that inside of your forehead, a blank screen We sit and we breathe, and as we look, perhaps internally we see that same expanse of night sky. When we look outside, We tell all sorts of stories about the stars, the planets, the horizon. When we look inside, we see all sorts of stories about ourselves and the moment we're in As we sit here together tonight, we get to view both. As you watch your unfolding experience, you might feel as you breathe in each time the expansiveness of the universe. And as you breathe out the solidness of the earth, breathing in the expansiveness of the universe, and breathing out the solidness of the earth, And we'll sit now for about 10 minutes in silence. And you'll continue to feel each breath. And you'll continue to watch that unfolding night sky in the mind. Breathing in the expansiveness of the universe. Breathing out, feeling the solidness of the ground beneath you. as you're ready, you might feel your breath begin to deepen here. Drawing in a deeper inhale, letting go a bit more of your exhale. If you slumped over, you might straighten up your spine a little bit, wiggling your fingers and toes or rolling your shoulders. Taking all the time you need. When you're ready, we'll take one last breath together. Nice deep inhale in. Exhale, let go of a sigh. gradually blinking your eyes open and releasing your practice thank you thanks for listening to the mindful minute if you're enjoying these episodes please consider leaving me a review wherever you get your podcast it really helps others to find this show to learn more about my live classes virtual meditation retreats, my meditation app Shoreline, or to make a donation to the show, please visit MerylArnett.com. Thanks again. I'll see you next week.